Welcome to the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast, where we explore what it means to grow daily and find our best in every aspect of life. Welcome back to another episode of the Eyes Up Mindset Podcast. I am Jamie Wagner, getting to be a little bit on the nose today for me. Uh, we have three people in this podcast. John is not one of them. We are having a conversation about track and field and building programs, uh, a huge passion for me today. We are joined by the Jordan track and field boys head coach, Ben Nylander and an assistant coach, Mike Coddington. Uh, super grateful to these gentlemen. We actually had to do this recording twice. Their audio was great. Mine was not. And I am hopefully through that battle, but they were they were gracious enough to join me twice. I was fortunate enough to learn from them, grow from them two different times. We didn't have the exact same conversation both times. Um, I'm just not capable of doing that. Probably I'm curious. And so you hear right away, I start saying we end, we're going to pick up where we left off the last time. And, and you guys don't get to hear the last time because the audio wasn't great. But I am going to guarantee you the quality in this conversation is so excellent. I have been looking forward to having this conversation for a long time from afar. I've been a fan of what they do and how successful they've been, not just because they have results on track, but you can tell that the, the athletes enjoy themselves, that they have a community, that that things are are good there. And and. I wanted to know, and I had seen, you know, Ben, the head coach, and I have a mutual friend of a person who used to work in their district that now works where I used to coach. And so I just asked some questions I'm like, man, they, they do things right. What is it? And, and Brian Holman couldn't have spoken more highly about them. So I really wanted to have this conversation and, and they didn't disappoint, you know, and, and one of the things that that Ben talks about in, in the episode. And we kind of chatted afterwards. And he's like, I don't know if I should have said that. And I, and I kept it in for this reason, because he, he talks about that the men's, the boys program had an earlier success process than the girls did. And that that kind of took his attention and that maybe he wasn't serving the women's program in the way that it needed to be served. And then the program expanded and they brought in a new head coach and, the thing I wanted to say is that so many of us do the same thing when something grows quickly and is successful, we start to pour our attention there. And, and one of the things that I learned from this conversation and, and had to reflect on for myself was this process of like, I, I want to go and run with the people that are running fast I want to be out there in front. And that's my natural instinct. Other people, my wife, for example, want to help those that are struggling and, and like has just a heart for those people. And sometimes my inclination means that I don't help those that are a little farther behind. And her inclination is to, okay, they're doing fine. They're doing great out there on their own. We have to be as leaders, as program managers, as organizers of companies or organizations generally, we have to be in tune to both ends of the spectrum and the people in the middle. Jordan Track and Field has teaches us, shows us some really cool ways 
to manage all of that. One of the reasons that Ben asked if Mike could join us on the podcast is they do a leadership council that Mike talks about where they, they get specific. They don't assume that their athletes know how to lead because they're seniors. They teach them how to lead. I think that's fantastic. It's an amazing reality. And, and again, I'm just so grateful that they could join us. I got better because I got to chat with these guys a bunch of times. I hope to continue to be in contact with them as they push me and grow me. They will do the same for you. Ben Nylander, Mike Coddington, Jordan Track and Field. Here we go. Gentlemen, welcome back to the program. Although nobody else knows that we recorded last week, my audio internet was a mess. You guys are gracious enough to join me. Guests today, Ben Nylander, Mike Coddington, members of the Jordan Track and Field staff. So grateful that we got to connect last week and that we're doing it again. Welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Absolutely. I'm actually going to start where the last one ended. And Mike, I'm going to, I'm going to direct this first question at you. You, you mentioned the secret sauce in some ways of Jordan track and field has been being a super passionate guy. And I've been thinking about this has been stuck in my craw for a week now about how Ben is just really, really passionate about track and field and it motivates and organizes the whole staff around that. In talking to Brian Homan, who is our mutual friend and our mutual connection, he coaches where I used to coach. He used to coach with you guys. He kind of mentioned the same thing. Talk to us, Mike, about what it is that makes Ben's passion so contagious among the staff and the program. Well, that's just it. You used that word that I was going to use, contagious. It is definitely uh, a passion um, it's a, an enthusiasm that just doesn't stop. It doesn't stop when the state tournament's done. It doesn't start when the track clinic starts. Like it's way before that. And it's all year long and it's all summer long. And it's just uh, that the guy lives and breathes track and field, maybe second to his family. And, you know, and to have somebody in a position of leadership for a program where everyone can see that for this guy, it's so exciting and it's so uh, much ingrained in, in who he is and how he relates to people and what he talks about and what he finds joy in. Um, just to see him watch track and field meets and to see him light up, um, he uses like 19 exclamation points when he sends out the email about <laughs> it's track clinic planning time. Right. And so we're all, you know, just, just so excited along with him. You can't help it. You can't help, but get excited about talking, uh, track and field and being a part of the program. And so when he approaches these coaches that he knows have, um, you know, potential to help our program. And maybe they weren't thinking they'd help out with track and field, or maybe they were a little hesitant because of family obligations or something like, like when, when they talk after they talk about it with Ben, you know, they can't help, but say, I'm all in right. Yeah. Anything you need, I'm all in. Um, I'm gonna do as much as I possibly can. And cause they see how much he pours into it. Right. And so when when you have a leader that's so so vocal and enthusiastic, but also a leader who is 
just leading in a in a really noble way with with a lot of class with a lot of character um you know it's easy to get in line it's easy to follow somebody like that and and you know when we get a little bit of success and it builds on that and then people get more excited and so it really jordan is uh jordan's turning into a, a town that's getting really excited about track and field and cross country it's really fun to be a part of that i i couldn't help but think about this all week how a personality a leader with character, as you mentioned, it w- in a noble way, the right way, being excited and invested can transform a program. When I think about Jordan track and field, and we mentioned this, like it wasn't, it was a, it was a combined program 20 years ago. And it was essentially started anew when you were starting Ben, right? Like this was a new thing as you guys were kind of getting going where does your passion come from and how do you transfer it to people? Because yes, one leader can transform a program, but you have to have this transference happen. You know, Mike talked about just, it's easy to follow. It's easy to get in line. I'm guessing it's not always easy for you to bring that joy and that passion. So talk to us about how you give that away in whatever way you can. (laughs) Well, yeah, that was quite the intro by Mike, and I really appreciate that. Probably giving me a little bit too much credit there. But uh, yeah, you know, I just really think that, um, you know, it it all starts with just getting the right people in our program and being around people that the the coaches that that we have in our program, I sincerely enjoy being around and, uh, you know, and and enjoy working with them. And it's just, we just have great relationships. And and I think it starts with that. Like when you really, truly care about those people, that, that makes a big difference. Um, and then I guess it's just, it, it, it's, for me, it's, it's about putting people in the right places where they feel they can be successful. Um, and I guess I kind of look at it like I'm kind of the person who maybe has the roadmap to where we want to go. And I'm going to try to put people in the right places. And I'm going to try to uh, kind of give an overview of, you know, what needs to get done on the big scheme in order to maybe accomplish what we want to accomplish. Um, but then, so kind of giving a vision so that, every, so that we're not just doing whatever, you know, we're not just going all our own separate ways. Like we're all very coordinated in that, in that vision. I think that's maybe where my leadership comes in, but at the same time, I try not to micromanage and, and, um, I, I want to have them all take ownership and, and take the, you know, take the wheel and steer, you know, individually as well. And what it just creates kind of this beautiful thing where, um, we all are kind of working collectively towards a common goal. And it just seems like every year our teams just seem to continue to gel and, and build and grow and, and good things happen as a result. Absolutely. It, for those of you that are not from Minnesota or interested in track and field or whatever it might be, Jordan has become in, in some ways a, a mid-class power. It's really a, a, an awesome experience that, that track and field broke into three classes. Because when we were one class or two class, excuse me, and you were in the small schools, you guys had this opportunity to be a really, really strong program. And then you get bumped up and you're competing against Metro schools, schools with twice your enrollment, these sort of things. And we talked to the state tournament a little bit about this, how that was a really good experience for your athletes. Can you speak to that kind of getting thrown into the deep end part of the conversation? Because now with three classes, you guys are kind of like Goldilocks, right? Just right. Yeah. Competing against those sites like Sky schools and being able to compete at a really high level. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were in single A, it was great for our program. You know, we, we competed very well. Um, but you know, at the same time, we were getting to the point where we were bigger. We had, we had advantages that, 
you know, a school of 100 or 200 kids didn't have. And that wasn't right for us to be competing against them. And it wasn't our place anymore. Um, at the same time, you know, we went up to double A for a couple of years in the two class system. And it was it was hard. You know, we we had our you know, we were kind of deer in the headlights for, you know, at some of those meets where we were going against some really good competition. Um, one thing I will really hand it to our kids. One of those years was the COVID year. So we didn't get a chance to experience it. Um, and one of the things I was really proud of, though, was in 2021, when our kids went to the section meet against some really big schools and really had one of their best meets of the year, if not their best yeah. meet of the year. And I thought that was really telling something about their character and really our program, just that, you know, we we didn't back down to the competition. But you're right now moving into this new double A, this this middle class. Um, it seems right. I mean, like we're starting to develop new rivalries and the teams that are in our conference, for the most part, are in this new division. And so we're developing new conference rivals because we recently moved to a new conference. We're developing new section rivals. Um, and actually some of our new section rivals were some of our old rivals from before. So it's been, it's been a really good thing. And I think it'll be, be good for us in the future as well. Talked about the, the character of the program. And I know that's specifically why you brought Mike into this conversation. When I reached out, I said, hey, let's have a conversation. You wanted to have Mike involved because of the leadership and the character development stuff that he's doing. You mentioned that there's a curriculum sort of that you've developed or built or that you've been using. Talk to us about this leadership development program that you're doing, because as Ben talked about, we go up in class, we, we kind of got to swing above our head a little bit. And we actually showed up with bells on flying colors, have our best meet of the year. And that's because of the character of the program. I love that word being pushed down. Mike, you talked about it from Ben. How have you been able to give that to kids? Because that's not a normal thing, right? I think being able to teach character and the way to live and the way to perform and all that stuff is we kind of assume it happens, but we don't do it intentionally or purposefully. How have you guys developed some purpose in, in developing leaders and character in your athletes? Um, there's a couple ways that we do it. I'll, I'll talk about the, the leadership uh, development program with, that we do with our captains first. This kind of came about about 10 years ago as coaching with a different program and just saw how their two teams were not meshing together. The boys and the girls programs were very separate. They, they um, not necessarily practiced separate, but they just behaved as two different entities. And, and the boys team was stronger than the girls program and they kind of lorded it over them. And, th and that dug at me and I didn't like to see that. And so I talked to the head coach at the time where I was and I'm like, you know, I think there's some training that needs to go on here. I don't think these guys get it about how to lead a program and get the best out of your people. And so uh, after a job change, I was uh, blessed enough to land in Jordan and uh, talked with Ben about this uh, after my first year there. And just like everything that his assistant coaches ask him to do or ask him to, to if, they, if they could try, he's like, yeah, if you want to do that, go for it. Try something new, see how it works. And it has been uh, really good for our program. Um, I touched base with our athletic director at the time. He gave me a book uh, called the, the Captain's Leadership Manual uh, by a guy named Jeff Jansen. And so I went through that book chapter by chapter and I made 10 lessons out of the each chapters, uh, each of the chapters. And that kind of goes through, you know, our, our 10 weeks of the, the, the season leading up to championship season. We try to finish that 
right before the championship season with week 10. And uh, most years we make it, some years things get busy, but those lessons are about the character qualities that good leaders have and about how you lead by example through your integrity, through how you treat people, through the relationships that you try to build. And then the second part after leading by example is that vocal leader, having that courage uh, having that character inside to say the things that need to be said in the ways where people will respond to them in the best way, right? And, and I, uh, I mentioned last time, I'm going to say it again, because I think it's worth, worth repeating. Um, uh, a coach that I had in college uh, who recently passed away, he said in a coaching class I took with him that the job of the coach is to get the very best that you possibly can out of the people that you already have, right? And if you've got those people on your team, now we need to get them performing at a high level. And you don't do that by, by being a taskmaster. You don't do that by bossing people around. You don't do that um, with those negative ways of, of motivating people. And so really that's what I'm trying to teach our captains how to do. How do you motivate people in a positive way that lets them know you care about them that lets them know that they matter, that they're important. And that's how you get the best effort and the best performance uh, out of the people on your team. And, and weekly, there's tasks and things that I check up on our kids about, about who are you building a relationship with? How are you reaching out of your comfort zone? And how are you getting to know the people on your team so that they will perform because they know that you care about them? Not so much to, you know, manipulate them into, into trying harder, um, but, you know, you build those relationships and, and those are the people that you love to have cheer for you and you're going to perform because you don't want to let those people down. Absolutely. And, and we talked about this idea that like track and field and any sport, really, like every people just show up for whatever reason. My buddy's here. This girl I like is on the team that, you know, whatever it might be, I'm here for whatever reason. And you talk about get the most out of who's ever already there. Well, they're there, right? It doesn't matter the reason that they showed up. Our job is to extract the most we possibly can when they show up. And the thing that I love about this is that you're now teaching your leaders, your seniors, your captains to do the same thing. Let's draw it out because there's only so many of us as coaches. There's only so much we can do. And, you know, I teach some leadership groups. And, and one of the things I say all the time is like, you guys will have way more impact than I can ever have. You guys in the building here every day on the ground with them interacting can have so much more impact than any adult can possibly have. Ben, have you seen this and how have you seen it specifically oh, yeah. make a difference? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, you know, I look back to some of our earlier teams, like, you know, like, like before Mike got there and even like the first year or two when Mike got there and, you know, and we were starting to build some good things, but at the same time, there were a lot of culture issues and a lot of character issues and things that were holding our program back and things that I didn't necessarily like about our program, you know, that we, you know, maybe didn't carry ourselves quite the way that, that um, I felt we should. Um, and it was a struggle, you know, when you've got a lot of kids that you're trying to direct, it's hard to always you know, put a, put your pin on every single kid that, that, you know, isn't maybe living up to the expectations. Uh, but what we've seen is, you know, really since Mike started putting this program in, it's just year after year after year, we just have seen our culture grow and we've seen kids buying in more. We've seen kids being more passionate. 
And I think when kids are more passionate about the sport and they care about it, uh, that's when good things happen. You know, like they, it, it, they're not just showing up to show up anymore. They're, they're there because they have a purpose. They, they, they're there because they want to be there and they want to be successful. And I think you guys- that starts at the top and, it, and it's kind of something that, again, it took time, but it, it's definitely, I feel very strong in our program right now. Do you speak to being passionate, being purposeful? Is this stuff that comes out of your mouth with the kids at practice? I don't know that necessarily I use those exact words. I think, I think we, you know, we talk a lot about the why at practice, you know, we, you know, um, why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? And, and being purposeful, um, you know, some kids, they, they care and some kids, you know, they, they could care less about the why, but, um, but I do think that there's some, some value in that. Um, but yeah, I guess I wouldn't necessarily say that I come out too often in those many words. Um, Mike is such an elegant, elegant speaker with the kids and, and whatnot. Um, and so if, if it's said, it's usually more coming from one of the assistant coaches like Mike or one of our other assistants. But, um, but I think regardless of whether it's said directly or, you know, said in, um, you know, just, I guess, demonstrated and, and uh, you know, said in roundabout ways and, and carried on, really, it's how you carry yourself on a daily basis that's going to sure. demonstrate those values. So I think that's, that's probably more so where I would say that that carries through. One of the things that Ben does say a lot at the beginning is to trust the process. He talks about trusting the, that, you know, where we are now is not where we want to be at the end of May. And the way we're training now, it, it might seem hard, but you're not quite in shape yet. You know, the first couple practices of the season, they're going to feel like the hardest ones, but really they're the easiest ones as it gets harder, but you get stronger as we go along. And so you continue to see this upward trajectory. And, and that's one of the things that, that I like to hit on too, is like, we're not the same today as we will be uh, come the end of May. And uh, you're going to see great things, but you have to trust that what we're doing is going to get you there if you're doing it on purpose, if you're doing it with maximal effort. Yeah. I love that idea that we are not the same people. Right. It, and I think when you talk about developing character, like that's a, that's a weakness area sometimes as well, right. Developing leadership is a weakness area sometimes as well. And so when I put this on your plate in a leadership sort of conversation, you know, in, in March, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel hard. It's going to feel challenging. And in May, it's a totally different conversation because you've become a different person because you've layered kind of the, the, the intellectual strength, the, the character strength that you need to go and talk to these athletes that, because the first time you have to confront someone as a leader is never, never a comfortable experience, you know, especially at 16, 17, 18. And, you know, this idea that they're fully formed and can do that without teaching or training is crazy to me. That's why I love what you guys are talking about doing is like, I want to give you some tools and I want to make sure that you're leading with character and with integrity and with that action first. And now when I say something to you, you're going to listen and I have a relationship with you and I'm, I'm going to meet you there. When, when I ask Ben, if he talks about purpose and passion to the whole group, maybe it's not always there. What sort of, th- what words do you find yourself saying a lot, Mike, with your leaders? What sort of things come out often? I talk a lot about reaching out of your comfort zone. Uh, get out of the group of people that you're comfortable with, that you already know those people and go 
go find out about somebody else. Um, I talk a lot during the meets about go cheer for your people. Okay. Who are your people? If they're wearing the same uniform as us, they're your people, right? If there's somebody on the track with Jordan on, you're calling out their name, you're encouraging them as they go, right? I'm always kicking kids out of the pole vault camp. <laughs> go cheer for your people. You're all done. Go cheer for your people. People that are coming over that have run other races and they're not pole vaulters. And like, are you here to cheer for, you know, our vaulter right now? Oh, I was just talking to someone. So let's go cheer for somebody, right? So, um, I mean, that, that's something that I talk about with our kids all the time. Go cheer for your people, motivate them. This is celebration day. Like the meets are the fun days, right? The, the practices are the hard one. And we, and we cheer for each other and, and encourage each other there too. But uh, just, you know, here in your, if anybody that's ever run a, a race or a 10K or a 5K or a marathon, you hear your name out of the crowd, like that's instantly motivating. That's what I, I ran one marathon in my life. I ran in 05 and I wrote cheer for Lori, which is my wife's name <laughs> on my shirt so that she would get double the, the cheer. And uh, it got us through the finish. One of my favorite things I heard on a podcast or read somewhere was like, we are right. Us as content creators or curators or whatever, like we curate to direct people to other people, right? People that are better than us or that have shown us something that have motivated us or moved us, people that deserve our attention. That's our job is to point at someone else. I love that that's just ingrained and dug into the fabric of the culture. It's such a, it's such a huge life lesson. I'm going to get a little bit in the weeds here because Ben, I know you guys do some awesome stuff on track, right? You guys do some amazing, have some outcomes on track that are incredible. I want to talk about, you talked at the beginning about organizing kind of top down and then you're like, you know, and Mike's like, Hey, when I come and bring, you know, when any assistant brings something to Ben, they're like, yeah, let's go do it. If you think it's going to work, this is kind of an odd balance that I see in the program. I know on track and I know in practice, you guys have probably a pretty organized setup. You guys are hitting, you know, all kinds of different types of training, right? You're, you're very purposeful and intentional. And yet Mike comes on here and says, whenever an assistant coach says, let's try it. And it's like, I'm all in. How do you manage that? And then speak to the organization of a giant program, because that is not an easy task to handle. Yeah. I, you know, I think it's, I think it's really about just being reflective and being reflective in anything you do. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, this happened overnight, you know, what, what we yeah. do now from a training perspective, it's, it's the accumulation of, you know, many years of, you know, I won't say trial and error, but, you know, like going through the process and, and getting feedback from all of our different coaches and finding out what works and what doesn't work, um, getting their feedback, um, incorporating that in, um, to always just trying to make it better. And, um, you know, so it's not that I, I can't be everywhere. I don't know how things specifically are going at pole vault. What, you know, so it's going to be Mike, what do you need at, at pole vault to help you to be more successful? And, and, you know, I want to hear his feedback. And then, um, you're right. We do have a, you know, we, we do have a real kind of an umbrella where we, we do kind of look from a top down perspective, but then it, it's more of a matter of, okay, so where could you put that into the program to make it fit with the overall program plan? 
you know, not just sticking that piece in willy nilly, but having it be purposeful and part of our overall structure. And so, um, you know, what we do is, is we, we try to coordinate our, our, our days. So, um, you know, when I, one of the things I look at with some other programs is, you know, when you have kids that are trying to do multiple events, you might have that long jumper, triple jumper, high jumper, sprinter kid, you know, that's doing a bunch of different things. And, you know, they do approaches one day for one coach, they do approaches for the, you know, the coach the next day, they're doing Excel, you know, and, and relays the next day. They're, they're kind of doing the same thing. And so we want to be very purposeful with our training so that we have days that are designated for speed, days that are designated for endurance and recovery and things like that. And, and we do that program wide so that kids can be moved in, in you know, can, can move between different event areas, but they're still getting the same, um, they're getting the same physiological effect um, that they would need um, for that particular day, regardless of where they're at. Um, and so, yeah, it's really just working with coaches to, to say, you know, what's going to work for you, but then like, where can we put that to, to make it fit within the, the big scheme of our program? And then I, I think, I, the, go ahead. Oh, sorry. And then one other thing I think that we do that's, a, that's really unique is just our coordination with our middle school and varsity programs. Uh, we have a really, we, we're really blessed to have um, some middle school coaches that have been there for a real long time. They're very stable, great coaches, work well with them. And you know, so when I release a schedule on say, I'll write the schedule for our varsity where what we're going to be doing and where we're going to be um, in different places, say on a Saturday, well, by Sunday, they're going to make a schedule of their own that's going to be based off of what we do. And we're working together. Um, another thing that we do that's kind of unique is, you know, let's say there's a day where I don't need necessarily Mike to be helping out with sprints or something like that. You know, he can go down and help out with junior high pole vault in the second half. So we, we coordinate that way too, so that we can maximize our coaches and put them in places where they can be successful and really make an impact on our younger athletes. And I think that really helps too, because our program really becomes more of a full program versus separate programs or programs that are competing against each other for space and time and attention. Yeah. It, it all just flows. And I think that efficiency, you know, when you take a kid that starts in sixth grade and, and goes through the whole program, um, I think that efficiency really pays off big by the time they're senior. No doubt. I, I was just going to say that this, this idea that physiological stress, right, is kind of organized, but also that neurological stress is not day after day after day. And that's where you, why you see Jordan typically. And when it comes to championship season, you guys are peaking, you guys are doing it right. And kind of landing in your best performance is that time of year because it's an organized process, right? Like, like you say, and for those of you guys that aren't track nerds, right? This, this idea of being a long jump, triple jump, high jump, sprint or maybe a hurdle or even right. The neurological demand in each one of those events is totally unique, even though the physiological demands might be very similar. And so to be able to, to match up all that, and then to get it down into like sixth grade level where you aren't stressing these already hormone deficient rampant, what, I mean, they, they're just all over the place, right. Hormonally. And so now we add neurological stress that they can't handle and we get breakdown right and like track's not fun anymore it's not interesting anymore because i'm no longer getting better or progressing and so to be that kind of and this is what i love about it right now this is me being a, a coaching program nerd right is like i love this idea that we're going to be top down organizationally and yet 
Mike feels the capacity to, to, to have the freedom to come and bring ideas to you and say, yeah, let's try. Like, that's just an awesome thing. And it's, it, to me, it's an obvious reason why you guys have been successful. There's no question there. I apologize for that. So, um, let's, let's get into another thing that we talked about last time that I'm super curious about. You mentioned that you had 200, Mike, I think you, you mentioned this 200 youth athletes signed up for a youth track camp. That is insane. Right. I just don't think that that's happening in a lot of programs. How has this thing, how has track and field, which, you know, in Minnesota, spring sports kind of get the shaft. They, they're just like stepchildren most of the time because football, basketball, like everywhere else, get, get the love. And now you have 200 kids coming to a, a, a four day summer track camp running around a track. How do you get that kind of excitement and energy and motivation? to be involved. It's, it's awesome. I think it's a lot of word of mouth. I think a lot of kids think it's tons of fun and they tell all their buddies. Um, I'm an elementary FIAD teacher. So I, you know, I can hit all those kids at the end of the school year. If you're not doing anything, tell mom and dad, you want to go to track camp. Oh, Mr. Kyneton says I should go to track camp. Well, let's look <laughs> it up. So might get a few that way, but, uh, you know, it, it, they keep it so fresh and Ben does a, again, Ben does an amazing job of organizing this so that, you know, you'll have an hour and a half long um, session in the morning and we run it in the morning. So it's not super hot. Um, but by the end of the time, they've only spent maybe 14 or 15 minutes at a station and you run that station, you go do something different run that station, go do something different. And he keeps it fresh by not having all your running events packed together. So you stagger those and, and uh, alternate them with a throw and then a run and then a jump and then a run or something different like that. Um, you know, so keeping it fresh, keeping it fun. And then, yeah, that word of mouth, I think it just gets around. Um, our town is, is unique, I think, in, in how the neighborhoods are so cohesive. And Ben, you, I don't actually live in the town. I just see it from the outside looking in. But uh, Ben, you live there. Like uh, the people on your street are your friends, right? I mean, maybe right. you can speak to that a little bit more. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, um, it, it is really, I mean, you, you, you really get to know the town really well. You get to know your neighbors really well. And so, yeah, I think, I think that just adds to that word of mouth that when you know, a few kids have had a good experience. It's going to spread through each of those neighborhoods and, and it's, you're going to get positive results. So talk to the, to the organization a little bit. Can we get a little bit of detail? Cause I know there are people out there that are like, I would love to do a summer thing and get more engagement, maybe not in track and field, but just like, how are you organizing that so that you feel like it's going to have that word of mouth spread? You know, like, I mean, as a football coach, I know we want to get kids in. We want to teach them skills and we want to get that. Like we want to have them in a place. Is that your focus or what, what is the thing that is, that is causing such positive response? You know, I, I think the biggest thing, it starts with organization and again, having great people helping out. I mean, like, you know, we, um, we try to be very organized and each year, I think we, we learn a few things that maybe didn't work and we, you know, we get a little better and, you know, we've added some new coaches that have added some new perspective, you know, like, uh, that have said, you know, Hey, maybe we try this and, you know, I might be a little resistant at first, but we'll try it. And man, all of a sudden, you know, again, getting input from other people has been very, very beneficial for us. Um, and again, uh, we have, um, we generally run eight stations a day that we rotate the kids through. 
And we have, we're blessed to have all of our coaches as adult or all of the stations are run by an adult coach. That's either in our junior high program or our varsity program. Um, and so they, we get a lot of involvement there. Um, as I've said earlier, our coaches are all really good at working with kids. And so I think it's kind of refreshing. You know, they, you, know, you go from working with high school kids to working with, you know, elementary kids for the while. It's fun. It's a little bit of a different vibe. And so you try to have a little more fun with them. You try to be maybe a little more lively. Uh, but again, organization is huge because any little thing that's not, that's not organized, it's going to be mass chaos in a hurry. Uh, but again, we've done it so many times. That I think like, you know, we, you, you figure some of those things out. Uh, but yeah, basically what we do is we'll put a timer up on the board. Um, you know, most days, I think we maybe have about 12 to 13 minutes of station. And we'll actually put the timer up on the scoreboard and we'll have a countdown. So everybody in the stadium can see it. Um, and when it hits zero, the, you know, the buzzer goes and um, kids know to rotate to the next spot and they know where to go. And we try to organize it in a way that, you know, from transitioning from one spot to the next, is a quick, you know, transition. Uh, we've learned things like, for example, at our facility, our throwing events are way out of the stadium. And we used to send the kids way out to go do that. And then we started realizing like, they spend half the time running out to the discus and running, I mean, what a waste of time, you know? And we only have one discus ring out there. So what we've started to do are things like, we'll take the first lane of the track. So we'll kind of we'll work our way around the track as stations and we'll make, five or six really big circles on the, you know, in lane one of the track, you know, spaced out, we'll put cones next to them. So they're easy to identify. And now you have six rows of shot put. And now you can cycle kids through really quick too. So everybody's getting to participate. You know, you're not sitting there in one single file line, you know, waiting for 20 kids to go in front of you and you get to throw two times the entire, no, I mean, we're getting a lot of reps. And then the same thing, we move down and, you know, for discus, we're doing the same thing, you know, or for high jump, you know, we'll take our pits and kind of reorganize them so that we can have two pits, you know, and the little kids, they don't need a very big pad. And so, you know, you can be getting two, you know, kids to be jumping on both sides. And instead of just like saying, here, run at the pit, we'll draw a chalk line, you know, and hey, your goal is to run on the chalk line and to jump off your outside foot. And if we can accomplish that today, that's a goal, you know? And so I think like just, you know, having it very well organized, um, again, having very passionate people makes a huge difference. Um, and then, and then really looking at what truly is important, you know, just focusing on those real basic skills and not expecting a kid to come out and, and you know, you know, do these, these really um, extravagant skills. Um, Cause that's just not very realistic. And then also we, we try to do some things that are a little bit event specific for ages. For example, we have five and six year olds that come and do this. Well, you know, teaching a five or six year old to triple jump, eh, not really going to work very well. <laughs> so what we do then is we're going to uh, at that station, um, the coach that does that is she's going to have them play a game. You know, our, our, she, that's our head girls track coach. And she's done a phenomenal job on the girls side in our program but she'll take them and she'll play a little game with them, which is perfect because it's like that little break in the middle where, you know, they're a little tracked out and now they're ready to, to do that. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, and again, I'm kind of going on and on, you know, rambling a little bit, but no, you know, but... With, with some of those younger groups, we'll have specific high school workers that that's, I mean, kids love doing this. They'll just follow that group around the whole time. And so when a kid has to go to the bathroom, you know, they take them when, when that, when those kids have to get their shoes tied, cause that happens, you know, when yeah. one of those kids starts crying, you know, like they're, they're there to kind of assist. And, and then of course the older groups are a little bit more, um, are a little bit more, um, self, you know, self-reliant. And then what we do is, so we do practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of the week. And, and then on Friday, 
we will have a meet with our with our rival Belle Plaine, which is just perfect because you know we're fortunate to have them being six miles apart. Um, they're a very comparable program to us. Um, they'll bring in, you know, 100, 120 kids as well. And we'll have a meet, at, we'll have a dual meet that just kind of rotates between the two schools. And so we, we have a great situation and it's really grown. And, um, and I think, again, that, I think that's where like the numbers come from is just that kids have had a good experience and we're proud that, of that. That, that detail is incredible. I think, you know, like we, we get into small groups and we have these conversations and then we feel bad because we're, we're rambling a little bit talking about all the things that we're excited about and we're proud of. And we, we do this and we execute this well. Do you have a list or how are you keeping track of those changes from year to year? Is that a Google doc? Like, or is it just conversation? Is it just reflection? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, Google docs are the most amazing thing ever. I mean, the, the ability to take, you know, something from last year, look at what you did, you know, have that as your, as your uh, starting point. Um, and then just updating it based on, yeah, a lot of it's, uh, you know, discussions. A good example is, um, you know, last year with, with our numbers explode, we, we really had a big numbers explosion last year. Uh, and we've always had our kids register for events in practice. Like that was one of the days, like that was one of their stations. They'd come around and we'd have a, a you know, that was one of the stations they'd, they'd come on over and we'd talk them through what events they're going to do. And they'd, you know, get, get, get signed up. And then we'd enter it all into a spreadsheet so that we could have it ready to go for the meet and then give it back to them the next day with their t-shirt. And we just found out what the number of kids we're starting to get. We can't do that anymore. It's just getting too insane. And so, um, you know, we talked for a couple of years about, well, maybe we need to go digital and, and have parents sign their kids up uh, with a Google form now. And so that's going to be something that we're going to try this year. So it's things like that, where it's just, you know, common sense things that when, when something's not working as well as it could, you know, we brainstorm and we try to figure out what are some ways that we can make it better. Awesome. I, this struck me as you guys were talking about, and it might be a little bit of backtracking, working my way back, but you guys are the Hubman on the men's side and the Jaguars on the women's side. I think about these small town programs being really unified by a mascot or their high school or their colors. I can't imagine that this might have some divisive effect where it's a very clear boys program and a very clear girls program and that this is not an easy thing to unify mike how do you see that challenge and how have you guys addressed that because it is hard sometimes like track is one of the weird sports in high school where the boys and the girls are essentially the same team right i mean you have different teams and different scoring and all this stuff but you practice together you take buses together you spend a ton of time together. And yet you guys have literally have different names, mascot names for the school. Like that's an interesting challenge. I would feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of when I, again, back to this leadership thing, when I first started, I saw that little, that bit, that part that you're talking about, that divisive part. And so, um, I remember very clearly we were in the elementary school gym cause it was still, you know, crazy, terrible weather. And we're trying to run sprints on this tile floor. Anyway, at the end of practice, um, I brought everybody in together and we're trying to do this breakout thing. And I, I, I still remember very clearly, I had no permission for this. I just did it because I was feeling hot about it. I said, uh, I said, right now I'm rebranding our track program. It's not Hubman track. It's not Jaguar track. We are Jordan track and that's it. And that's what I did. 
And every breakout that we have at the end of practice, it's not Hubman, it's not Jaguars, it's not Hub Jaguarman. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's Jordan track. We are Jordan track. And so, um, you know, when we get, when we get t-shirts of a boy's accomplishment, that'll maybe have Hubman on it. Okay. More often than not, it just says Jordan boys track. Um, you know, the, the, our girls had some great accomplishments this year. We're going to try to get some t-shirts on those. And, and, uh, and, you know, we talked specifically about, you know, should we have one with everybody's accomplishments on it? Should we have some that are separate? And, and it does add a little bit in that the temptation is there to, to view them as different programs, but everything that I, uh, have been trying to do through the leadership program. Every time I talk to our kids, you know, and back to cheering for your people, they're all your people. Everybody's the same uh, on this team and they're all worth cheering for and everybody's going to cheer for you. And so we're, uh, yeah, again, a lot of ways to try to to bring people together. Um, and we're just, I don't know, everything that, that I'm trying to do is, uh, it comes up and and it just come kind of comes out of my mouth and I'm like, yeah, that was that was all right. Let's keep going with that. Or if it didn't work, I like I've tried to be honest enough with the kids. Like, like, look, I'm I'm trying to figure out how to get our team back together and or, uh, you know keep us together. And um, you know, Ben gives me a lot of compliments too about being eloquent, and I stumble over my words just like anybody else does. But most of what I say is regurgitated from years yeah. of being coached by other smart people, and so I just say what they said but um yeah it's a it's a little was a little bit of a challenge i think it's getting less challenging now i think that our team is realizing that that we're one big family here so i was i was the head girls coach and we had a head boys coach and i understand ben the challenge that it is in some ways right we had an amazing relationship and you know dave gunther if you're listening thank you for being a just like gracious enough to let me lead a lot. Right. Like that was kind of what he did. He's like, you go ahead, go ahead. You're going to be in this place and do your thing. Right. How do you guys structure kind of that co-leadership model? Because we have talked a lot about kind of your place at the head of the program in some ways, right. In that you are bringing people in, you're motivated, you're passionate, you're excited, you organize a lot. Like what's, how do you guys balance that thing because there's another head coach involved yep yep yeah so so her name is coach wally so kelly willarius is her name and she's this is her this is her third year of being a head coach on the girls side and she's just done a phenomenal job and i I watch our girls program grow um i've been the girls coach for many years and um i just felt like I, i i wasn't getting the growth that that I, I knew it was there, but I was just struggling to get it. And I knew that we needed somebody else to kind of take that leadership on. And, and Can you speak to why person. quickly. I, I'm just curious as to why you felt that way. And then we'll kind of get back into this, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm so interested in how you recognized that. I think like at some point when, as the program grew, it just gets to be so many kids to, to keep track of. And, and I think then like when you, you know, our, our boys team, I think just naturally had more success earlier on in my career um, and so sometimes the attention would go there. Right. And that wasn't right by any means. And so, um, that was a flaw that I knew that I had, and I felt like we needed to give our girls program more, more support. And so I just didn't feel like I was necessarily the right person in that, in that caliber, but anyway, um, no, she's done a great job. And I think our, what the way that we kind of 
function is that we really um, we really coexist well because our strengths are different. Um, you know, I guess I still do more of the training type stuff um, just because that was what I did before. And, and I really like doing it. And it's something I'm really passionate about. And, and she's been really okay with me doing that. She really does a lot more of the behind the scenes things, which help us to stay more organized um, and, 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 and helps just make our program run more smoothly. And so that things don't get, you know, the ball doesn't get dropped on this or that. Uh, sure. She does a phenomenal job with that. And I think just, you know, creating relationships with our athletes and, and supporting them. Um, I think that's, I think that's what she's done such a good job of. And again, I think all of our coaches work really well together. And I think that's, what's really cool about our team. I think Wally to, does, go ahead. Yeah. I think Wally does an amazing job of motivating uh, the girls and, and drawing out that maximal effort. And uh, you know, as a, as a female coach, you just have a little bit more ability to relate to, to the girls and what's going on and a lot of the relationship stuff. And, you know, I was standing next to her at a track meet and her, her phone buzzes and she looks at it and the head goes back and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, one of her athletes is texting her about something that's going on personally and that's affecting her, her, uh, performance. And, uh, so they're not afraid to come to Wally and get that stuff out and get the help that they need. And she's always available for them. And I think, uh, uh, her, her passion for getting the girls to, to be the best that they can be and draw out the strength that's inside there that sometimes they're afraid to, to draw out and to go dig for. And so, um, yeah, props to you, Wally, when you listen to this, I think you do an amazing job. I, I, it's such an interesting challenge, dynamic balance, whatever the word you want to say here is like, okay, men coaching a female sport and like understanding what the needs of females are is just, a, it's a different, it's a different challenge. And then to understand, like, they're just not going to talk to you about as much as they might, if there's a female in the program that they trust and believe in and ha- like, and you talked about developing those relationships being so crucial as a part of that growth. And, and I, I mean, I just watched an amazing female leader in my time as an assistant coach, like, just challenge the ladies like and grow them in a way that I was like, I don't think I can do some of that, you know, like I, because I am not, you know, a 45 year old mom, you know, like I'm not a mother of daughters, you know, like at that point in time. And, and it was such a, it was such a blessing to see that dynamic at work also. And then to have it in our programs and what I would say, and what I challenge listeners out there is like, look for those deficiencies, be reflective like Ben was and say, I'm not the person that can move this thing and have the humility and the grace with yourself to say, okay, I'm not fit for that right now. Who is my question for you, Ben, is who are you looking for? Not just in that co-head responsibility, but when you're out looking for coaches to add to your program. What is the secret sauce for you? What is it that you want from them to bring to the program to keep the trajectory moving in the way that it is? Yeah. You know, we've always been blessed with whenever a coach leaves our program, we've just always had the right person there to, to replace them. And, and we continue to grow and build. And, and I'm just so proud of our staff. Um, I think really what it comes down to is um, finding a person that really works well with kids 
and it's passionate about it, I think that's, that's great. And, you know, you can find some people that um, maybe don't have a ton of track experience. And I know, for example, we've talked about Brian Holman, you know, Brian's a great example. In one of my earlier years of coaching, you know, we, we really needed a jump, a horizontal jumps coach. And Brian was this new guy, came into the district and, you know, he was a baseball guy, but um, God, he just worked so well with the kids and had passion for it. And, and he and I meshed really well together and I asked him to do it. And he was kind of resistant at first, but he, he did it. And, you know, at first, you know, it, you know, it was just every day, you know, maybe in the teacher lounge, we were Hey, you know, practicing what we were going to, what he was going to have them do at triple jump practice that day or whatever, you know, it was me kind of helping him along day by day and, and whatnot. And then, you know, by the second year, he started to take it and run with it a little bit more. And by year three, I think I was pretty much hands off. And, you know, he went on to be um, presenting at the Minnesota coaches clinic a couple of years later, uh, you know, on how to be a jumps coach. So um, people like that are, are, you know, when you, when you're passionate about something and you work well with kids, um, you don't have to have the knowledge to start with. You you can grow and develop, and and that's what we really are looking for. And you know, in in the more recent years, we've probably been really blessed in the sense that we've found coaches that have both. Right there, they already know their stuff, and they uh, they have those other qualities. I say this all the time on the podcast: like what you put out comes back to you. You know what I mean? What you're given out into the world, you know, like people might call it manifesting. People like whatever it is, but when you start to chase something. And I, and I believe this, right, Ben, you are a passionate dude about track and field. You put that out in the world. Other people are going to come to that. That's going to attract people with like minds, like hearts. And when he, you say we're going to build people and you have a program like a leadership development program that you empower somebody like Mike to come in and do, now you're going to draw other leaders that are passionate about developing character because you're like, okay, we have a whole separate thing that does this. Like, it's an amazing kind of cycle that feeds itself and and it is obvious to me that jordan track and field right not hubman not jaguar but jordan track and field is going to be a, a force to be reckoned with for a long time because of what you're talking about people that are passionate that work well with kids and that are willing to develop and to you know like another thing we've said on here and that you know we've had other people bring this idea freedom within the objective right we have an objective. We have a big picture idea, but go and be you there. Go and be free to be great in the way that you are great. It's an amazing gift, man. And, and congratulations to your kids, your athletes, and the success that you guys have had. Thank you again for joining me. And I, you know, I got goosebumps right now because I'm just excited about what you guys are going to do moving forward. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's been an honor to be on and and we really support what you're doing. You're doing great work here, Jamie. Yeah, thanks, Jamie. I appreciate your time. Man, there's just so much awesome stuff in here that I I keep being convicted by, right? This, this idea that passion can transform a program, this reality that we need to be intentional and purposeful about how we grow and develop people. I think the thing that I'm most curious about and I still have questions about and, and I want to challenge you guys to think about is how do we get that balance? They speak to the idea of being organized and having kind of a top-down organization of practice and, and really hitting on the necessary demands and needs of their athletes from a perspective that we're going to be conscious, intentional, purposeful. And 
when we do that, sometimes it can take all the joy out of it. It can make it less exciting, less good. And we lose athletes if we're going to be super organized. And they don't. They're gaining athletes. They have 200 kids at a youth track and field clinic. And why? What's their attribution? Because we're super organized. And it's fresh. And it's exciting. How do you do that in your organization? How do you do that in your program? Balance the need for tremendous intent and purpose and the need for joy and excitement and fun and spontaneity. This is not easy. It is hard to do. But one of the things that they spoke to that just you can't ignore is reflection, right? An accumulation, Ben said, it, an accumulation of feedback. After going through the process, we want it to be right now. We aren't willing to work on the accumulation part, the building up part. That's part of getting good. It's part of growing into greatness is this, this accumulation of experience and then reflecting on that experience. And honestly, right, you have to be good at getting greatness from who you have. You can't expect other people to walk through the door. You have who you have. Mike spoke to this quote from a former coach of his. And I just, if that's your mentality, if that's your mindset in your organization, in your program, we have to grow and develop and get the best out of the people that we have. You're going to look for opportunities. Like how do we grow an awesome youth clinic? How do we get our leaders and our seniors and our captains to do a better job of leading. And then how do we identify that we need to cheer for our people, not our people being the same people in the same event group, the people that we hang out with our best friends, but our people are the people we're in Jordan track. It's such an amazing thing that they're able to do and manage. And so many of you are also doing that. Glean a small piece from this that can grow you challenge you, make you better. And I promise you, you will not regret it. Thank you to those guys for joining us again. Thank you to you out there listening for continuing to support and be a part of this process of, of growing into an eyes up mindset and living eyes up. We could not do it without you. Please rate, review, subscribe, follow. If you found value today, share it with somebody, just word of mouth, right? Tell somebody about it. Give them some help at growing and getting better as well. Thank you. And as always, live eyes up. <laughs>